Hello and welcome to PMI's Uncommon Sense podcast, tools to improve your work forever. I'm Susanna Clark, Managing Partner with PMI, the Performance Improvement Consulting and Training Firm. Our Uncommon Sense podcast is a 15-minute conversation with our expert consultants. They talk a lot of common sense, although much of it is not common practice. And that's what this podcast is all about. We want you to be inspired to improve your business through learning more about the tools which can help you succeed and grow. Today, I'm joined by Sean Buckland, Director Consultant with PMI. Thanks for coming today, Sean. It's great to have you back in the studio. Thanks very much, Steve. And we're going to talk about how to work successfully with your sponsor. Now, first of all, I've got to ask, what made you choose this topic? I think of all the thousands of different topics that make up our world, our lives, etc., this is one that is always relevant. Anytime we're involved in change of any kind, which for many of us now, it's pretty much all the time, there is a responsive relationship that we have to engage with. And it's not an easy one. It's not an easy one for a project lead. It's not an easy one for the sponsor themselves. It's not necessarily easy for other champions around the business impacted by the project. And also, it's not even easy for the people who the sponsor reports to. So there's a lot of different conflicting or potentially conflicting relationships. And there's some very straightforward tips that over the years I've found worth sharing to help make it easier for the sponsor to succeed. Okay, great. Well, then let's get to it. What's your first tip? Okay, so tip number one is about point of view. It's very easy when we get lost in the detail of a change, the problems we're trying to solve, all of the work we've got to do, the product breakdown structures, or the project management overhead, all of these things that we're trying to deal with, team management, to lose sight of the fact that the sponsor only knows what they know And they have got their own agenda, their own scenario that they're having to deal with, their own environment to work with it. And so it's very easy, for example, a green belt or a black belt to fall into the trap of treating the sponsor as a dumping ground. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Help me solve this problem. And fine, that is obviously part of their role. But... It's so much more effective if the black belt, the green belt, can spend that little bit more time first thinking about it from the point of view of, right, so my sponsor is cutting pressure from the board, is having to influence other managers who are the same level as them in the organization, but in different departments, for example. What's it like from their point of view? So there's a simple tip here, because it may be that you, the green belt, the black belt, have no idea. Why would you? You're not in their shoes. So just ask. (laughs) It's just straightforward. Okay, I know this project is one of the many things you're trying to juggle at the moment, but where does this sit in your world? Where is it in terms of its priority? What problems is it solving for you? What pressures are you facing? Because that then allows you to understand what data they need in order to be able to help you. I think that's a great point because I think, you know, when you're running a project, you're really keen to sort of crack on, aren't you? And assume that this is as equal priority for your sponsor as it is for you. Yeah. Yes, if we've got fully deployed Hoshin Canary, really well managed, yes. 
but most places don't yet. And therefore, in the meantime, we have to recognize they've probably got too many projects they've been made sponsor for. You know, are they sponsor for one project or 10 projects? And so on. So absolutely, Suze, we've got to meet them on their ground and give them the data they need or else we won't be able to help. Okay, good. And then I know we talked a little bit about the sort of practical day-to-day aspect of working with your sponsor, which is often, again, something that people struggle with because, I mean, they struggle with getting access to sponsors sometimes, don't they? That can be true. And a properly set up project goes through the select priority phase with a lot more care and attention than people think. One of those key elements of the select priority phase is define the review process. And yet, how often do we see that stage skipped? So I just want to have a quick reminder of the define the review process. There are two key things that we need to define here. The regular reviews, how are we going to stay in communication? How are we going to check in? Are we making the expected progress? And are there any new risks coming up that we need to mitigate or potentially mitigate? And then you've got the main stage gate reviews. And the people tend to be a little bit better on the stage gate reviews. Hey, we found the problem we're going to solve. You know, can we have that permission to get on and fix it now? That one tends to be a little bit more straightforward, but I'll come back to it anyway. But it's that daily stuff. If your team is meeting, for example, Thursday afternoons every week, just as a fairly typical, relatively low-key Greenbelt project team might do, and you say, okay, well, how much support does the sponsor need? Well, I would argue that if you're making progress every week, then at the very least, once a week, you should have the courtesy of dropping them an email saying, this is what we plan to do this week. This is what we did. This is what we've learned. This is what we plan to do next week. And then next week's email goes, this is what we plan to do. And attached to that is the logs. And by the logs, I mean, as a minimum, the project risk log, so that they can see, are there any outstanding risks that need mitigating? And I also like to include things like the benefits log, because as we know, very often the benefits, they don't come at the end. It's a, as you change the system, you get the benefits as you go along. So things like that, all of the information they need, completely up to date, attached in some appropriate tool. I'm very happy with just working in Excel. And so it doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be complicated, but it means there's never any demand on them to do anything other than just check everything is okay. But what about if everything is not okay? That's a slight different situation. And my logic is this. As soon as the project goes into exception, and by exception, I'm using pretty standard project management definitions, we're unlikely to achieve on time, within budget, or to the required outcome standard, or a mixture of the above. So we're out, we've broken the CTQ triangle. Then technically, if we want to be purists about this, the project loses its mandate until that issue, what's now a live issue, has been managed. So one of the things I'm keen to do with working with the sponsor right from the get-go is to create a dynamic risk log. We mitigate everything we possibly can, excepting that which we can't, and then it's constantly kept up to date. But nevertheless, some issues will go live. As soon as they do, that very day, the sponsor will be contacted, met with, (laughs) and the project will be put on back on track. Because otherwise you could very quickly find yourself in zombie mode. 
what do I mean by zombie mode? When the project team is still meeting, but they've got no authority to act or there is actually no way for them to do anything particularly useful. Even if you think, oh, well, I'll just do this while we're getting sorted. What the reality is, is you've diverted. You've taken the suboptimal path for your project. So one of the ways I manage this when I set up a project is I arrange with the sponsor. Okay, so Thursday afternoons are meeting. We will have put in the diary for 5.30 on every Thursday evening an agreed call. So it stays in their diary, a 30-minute slot. And then by five o'clock, close of play with the project team, they either get the meeting, we need to meet, or no, we don't. And then it's already scheduled into their diary to give the time to fix the problem. And if there isn't a problem, happy days. That's that good feeling of a cancelled yes, meeting. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and that time comes back to them. But if the project team find themselves in that position, they're trying to find time with the sponsor, then the project stopped. And that hurts everybody, especially the business. It's interesting because, Sean, you're talking about very, very regular contact with sponsors, aren't you? And I, I'm not sure that's something that typically I see. Unfortunately, I agree with you, but this is the standard I set for myself and the projects I run. I'm sharing what I know for myself. Absolutely. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> and then any final tips? Well, yes, because it builds on what I was just saying about those regular stage reviews as well. We really, really need to help the sponsor to know how to help us. And therefore, as we work our way around the improvement cycle, the story is developing. And we therefore need to make it very straightforward that the sponsor understands where in the book we are. What's the summary of the latest chapter? Because the sponsor needs to be able to go influence outside, upwards, into supply chains, up into customers. They may have quite a lot of responsibility. And if they're not equipped with really clear management clarity, management timeframe level data to be able to have that conversation, then something else will probably become their priority because nobody likes to look stupid. I don't want to go to a customer saying, I need some more support from you and your side. What's it for? Well, I don't really know. We'll have to set up a meeting with the project team. It just looks a mess. So what I try and do with my teams is I make sure that every time we come up with a key finding, it gets properly documented and onto the storyboard. And then on a fairly regular basis, it may not be weekly, but it's certainly before the end of a stage, I will be taking my sponsor through that storyboard and making sure that it's written in a language that they could then take somebody else through the storyboard. So when we get to the stage gates, those sign off, stop, go, move forward, or stop here points, the sponsor is completely able to articulate and be comfortable with what the project team is requiring of the business. And they can point to the right evidence. They can point to the reasons why we've gone route A instead of route B. All of these things are known to them, but in their own language, because they've had a chance to practice it. And that means when some stakeholder somewhere else says, yeah, but you know, I've got my own problems, person say yes but they're not as big as this because I understand the data so it's really key to me to make sure that as we're doing all of the detail of the project we're pulling out findings putting them onto the top line checking that the sponsor understands what they're saying and how to use them and then they can own the top line story while we stay lost in the detail as you mentioned earlier
I think in that way, then they're much, much more likely to find time and be comfortable with doing some of the more challenging sponsorship tasks, like herding up the sheep and so forth. (laughs) That's great. Thank you, Sean. Because, I mean, honestly, I can't stress enough. Having a good role and a good relationship with your sponsor is absolutely one of the key drivers to success for your project. And we see that time and time again. So really, please, hopefully this has been good advice for everybody and you are able to take it and see how it applies to your projects. And of course, as ever, get in touch if you uh, want to talk more about it. Thank you again, Sean. Really great. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find more episodes of our Uncommon Sense Tools to Improve Your Work Forever in our Knowledge Hub on our website or, of course, your favourite podcast platform. And do subscribe so you never miss an episode. Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode, where you'll find links to more content on this topic, which includes webinar recordings, toolbox guides, blogs and infographics, and our training page. You can always drop us a line on team at pmi.co.uk and arrange a time to have a call to talk about how these tools can help you in your organization. We'd really love to hear from you.